Heavenly Father, we thank you for being able to be here today with your people, be able to study thy word together. We do pray for Brother David this morning, Lord, if you'd watch you over him, take care of him, bless his family as they're there with him. And Lord, if you see fit to heal his body and give the doctors the wisdom to work with him to find out what's the problem, they can fix it. We'll be very careful to praise you for it. Bless everything we say and do today now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you would please turn your Bibles to Psalms 40. Psalms 40. I'd like to begin there. I was reading, I love to go through the Psalms and, and study how the Psalms uh, talk about, of course, they all, all the Psalms are are songs about the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. Uh, if you're not careful, when you read them sometime, you, you see David doing the speaking and somebody's recording uh, what the Lord is, through the Holy Spirit, has given him to say, but you think they're about David or one of the other that the Bible is read, uh, writing about, but all the songs are about the Lord Jesus Christ. And um, it's, it's, it's a wonderful thing when you go through them and start comparing the New Testament to the Old Testament, what the New Testament in the book of Psalms say, and then the New Testament comes along and records it also. And so if you would, I'd just like to go through it for a few minutes and show you some of those. Uh, in Psalms 40, I want to begin reading verse 6. Psalms 40, verse 6. Sacrifice and offerings thou didst not desire. Mine ears hast thou opened. Burnt offering and sin offering thou hast not required. Then said I, Lo, I come, in the volume of the book it is written of me. I delight to do thy will, O God, yea, thy law is when my heart. I have preached righteousness in the great congregation. Lo, I have not refrained my lips, O Lord, thou knowest. I have not hid thy righteousness within my heart. I have declared thy faithfulness and thy salvation. I have not concealed thy loving kindness and thy truth of the great congregation. Uh, Psalms uh, 40, verse 6 through 10 talks about Jesus' obedience. And the part that I want you to see here is compared with Hebrews. You're thrown over to Hebrews 10 as sacrifice and offerings I did not desire. Then said I, Lo, I come, and the volume of the book is written of me. Now, watch how the New Testament uh, carries that out or says the same thing in Hebrews chapter uh, 10. And look with me, please, in verse 5. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he says, Sacrifice offerings thou wouldest not, but a body has thou prepared me, and burnt offering and sacrifice for sins thou hast no pleasure. Then said I, Lo, I come, in the volume of the book is written of me, to do thy will, O God. Now, in these verses they compare, they go right back to Psalms 40, and it's all about the Lord Jesus Christ. So the first psalm that the Bible speaks of is Jesus' obedience. The second psalm, if you go back now to Psalms chapter 6, 
Psalm 6, and uh, I want to read in verses. Verse 9. Psalm 6 and verse 9. The Lord has heard my supplication. The Lord will receive my prayer. Now notice in Psalm 6 and verse 9, uh, again says, The Lord has heard my supplication. The Lord will receive my prayer. Now here's recorded Jesus' zeal. The zeal of thy house has eaten me up. Uh, in Psalms in John chapter 2 verse 17 says so it goes right along with Psalm 6 now go with me to Psalms 118 Psalms 118 I'd like for you to look at one verse verse 22 the stone which the builders refused has become the headstone of the corner now if you take with that Matthew chapter 21 is talking about the rejection of the Lord Jesus Christ. So turn over to Matthew for just a second. Let's read one verse there. Uh, Matthew 21 and verse 42. Matthew 21 and verse 42. Jesus says unto them, Did you never read in the Scripture the stone which the builders rejected the same has become the head of the corner. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. So that the rejection of the Lord Jesus Christ, it carries right on over from Psalms, which speaks of his rejection, carries right on over to Matthew chapter 21, verse 42. Next comes his betrayal. And I want you to watch the steps in which the Psalms records the actions of the Lord Jesus. First is, is his obedience, is recorded in Psalms 40. Secondly, Psalm 6 records his zeal, and it's recorded on later in the book of John, chapter 2, verse 17. And then next comes the rejection in Psalms 118, verse 22. And then next comes Psalms 41. So back up to Psalms 41 for just a minute, and notice his betrayal in Psalms 41. In verse 9, again, verse 9, Yea, mine own familiar friend, in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, had lifted up his heel against me. And then that goes with Psalms 55, in verse 12 through 14, and it goes in the New Testament, it goes to Matthew 26, verse 14 through 16, where it talks about Judas's betrayal of the Lord Jesus. So first you have the, the obedience of Christ, then you have the zeal of Christ, then you have rejection of Christ, and next comes the betrayal. And then Psalms 22, Psalms 22, and look with me please in several verses there. In Psalms 22, uh, let's begin to read in verse 6. Psalms 22, verse 6. But I am a worm and no man, a reproach of men, and despised of the people. All they that see me laugh me to scorn. They shoot out the lip, they shake the head, saying, 
He trusted on the Lord that he would deliver him, let him deliver him, seeing he delighteth in him. But thou art he that took me out of the womb, thou didst make me hope when I was upon my mother's breast. I was cast upon thee from the womb, thou art my God from my mother's bed. Be far from me, for trouble is near me, for there is none to help. Now this is they give the sign uh, these verses also say they gave me also gall for my meat and in my thirst and they gave me vinegar to drink. Psalm 69 verse 2 says the same thing. That goes with Matthew 27 verse 34 and verse 48 where they give him vinegar to drink. Psalms 31 verse 5 into thy hands I commit my spirit. Luke 23 verse 46 goes with this where Jesus gave up his spirit. Psalms 34 verse 20 says, He keepeth all his bones, not one of them is broken. John 19, 33 talks about when he was hanging on the cross, they came to break his bones, but yet he was already dead and they didn't have to break his bones. So no bones of his were broken. Psalms 129 verse 3 says, The plowers uh, plieth upon my back. They made long their furrows. That's speaking of the whips that Jesus went through that he was whipped with. And then next comes Jesus' false witness. In Psalms 109, verse 2 and 3, For the mouth of the wicked and the mouth of the deceitful are open against me. They have spoken against me with a lying tongue. They compass me about also with words of hatred and fought against me without a cause. Now go with me to Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. And look with me please in verse 59. Matthew 26 and verse 59. Now the chief priests and elders and the council saw fault witness against Jesus to put him to death. But found none, yea, though many false witnesses came, yet found they none. At the last came two false witnesses, and said, This fellow saith, I am able to destroy the temple of God, and build it in three days. And the high priest arose, and said to them, Answer thou nothing? What is it which these witness against thee? But Jesus held his peace, and the high priest answered and said unto him, I adjure thee by the living God, that thou tell us whether thou be Christ, the Son of God. Jesus says unto them, Thou hast said, Nevertheless I say unto you, Hereafter shall you see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest rent his clothes, saying, He hath spoken blasphemy. What further need we of witnesses? Behold, now you have heard his blasphemy. What thank ye? They answered and said, He is guilty of death. Then did they spit in his face and buffeted him, and others smote him with the palm of their hands, saying, Prophesy thou of Christ who he is that smote thee. So it goes right along, Matthew 27, verse 39 through 44, it speaks of the witnesses. Next comes Jesus' prayer uh, for his enemies. Psalms 109, verse 4, says, For my love, they are my adversaries, but I give myself unto prayer. Now that goes to Luke chapter 23, and turn over there just a minute with me. Now stay with me a few minutes and I'll show you something that's a blessing. 
in Luke chapter 23 and look with me in verse 34. Luke 23 and verse 34. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. Then the next part is his resurrection. In Psalms 16 verse 10, For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither thou suffer thine holy one to seek corruption. And that goes with Acts chapter 13, verse 35, where it speaks of his resurrection. Psalms 22, verse 22 says, I will declare thy name unto thy brethren. In the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. And that goes with John chapter 20, verse 17. Next comes Jesus' ascension. Psalm 68, verse 18, Thou hast ascended on high, thou hast led captivity captive, that has received gifts for men. In Ephesians 4, verse 8 goes with that. Then the next comes the Jesus' triumphant entry. And Psalms 24, verse 7 and 8. Lift up your heads, O you gates, and be ye lifted up, and ye everlasting doors. And the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle, and that goes with Acts chapter 1, where Jesus rose from the dead. Then Jesus' high priestly work, Psalms 110 verse 4. The Lord has sworn and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Hebrews chapter 5 to chapter 7 speaks of this man's priestlyhood, <coughs> the man called Melchizedek. And he is likened to the Lord which has forever priesthood. Then next comes the marriage of Jesus. In Psalms 45, verse 2, 6, and verse 8, 13, and verse 5. That goes to Revelation chapter 19, verse 7 through 9, where it speaks of the marriage of the Lamb and to His church. And then next comes the destruction of the heathen. Psalms 110, verse 6. He shall judge among the heathen. And this goes with chapter 6 through chapter 19 of Revelation. Psalms 110 verse 1 says, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit down my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. And Psalm 2 goes with that. Then Jesus' millennial reign. Psalms 89 verse 27. Thou makest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet. Psalms 102 verse 16 to 21 goes with this. And it also goes to Hebrews chapter 2. And Psalm 72, verse 17, with Matthew chapter 23 and verse 39, goes to Revelation 11 and verse 15. Now, here's what I'm saying. I've dealt with people that said, I believe the Old Testament, but I don't believe the New Testament. The Old Testament and others, they say they don't believe in the Old Testament because that's just history and they believe in the New Testament. What I'm trying to say is, all of the Bible speaks of one person. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Every bit of it. And so if you want to if you want to study the Bible where it has meaning to you, you go through the Bible on every page of the Bible is the Lord Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what book you're reading of. I was reading 
Ecclesiastes the other day. I love to read and study that book. And it all talks about uh, is talking about Solomon and his great wisdom. But if you study it, it comes down to the very end. It has one thing to say. Knowing all these things, what is our lot in life? Is to fear God and serve Him. So what's it talking about? It ain't talking about Solomon. It's talking about the Lord and how to have, if you're a saved person, in the Lord Jesus Christ, you can have these all of the goodness of life and heaven too. But if you're unsaved, you're miserable. Life is nothing. And that's what it's talking about. Now, if you study how the Psalms teaches the Lord Jesus Christ, you can see the order, the predictions of Christ appears in the Psalms. Psalm 2 predicts a, a tribulation or destruction of the heathen and the millennial reign of Christ. Psalms 8 predicts a millennial reign of Christ. Verse 6 says, Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands, Thou hast put all things under his feet. Now we know that's not true right now, but we know that's coming. That's a millennial reign. Psalm 16 predicts the death and resurrection of Christ. Psalms 22 predicts the sufferings of Christ. Psalms 23 predicts the tender shepherding ministry of Christ. Psalms 24 predicts Christ's uh, triumphant entry into heaven. Psalms 31 predicts the uh, Savior's thoughts and words on the cross. Psalms 40 predicts the obedience of Christ while on the earth. Psalms 41 predicts the betrayal of Jesus by Judas. Psalms 45 predicts the beauty and marriage of Christ. Psalms 68 predicts the glorious victory of Christ and his triumphant entry into heaven. Psalm 69 predicts the zeal and sovereignty of Christ. Psalm 72 predicts the millennial reign of Christ. Psalms 89 predicts the unchanging faithfulness of God upon David's dynasty through Christ. Psalms 102 predicts the eternal, eternal uh, eternity of Christ. Psalms 109 predicts the betrayal and Judas and his punishment. Psalms 110 predicts the eternal priesthood of Christ. Then lastly, Psalms 118 predicts Christ to be the vital stone in God's building, rejected by men but chosen by the Lord. Now all of this shows the book of Psalms is about one person then, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Now what I'm trying to say is, if you, if you study, that's why I encourage everybody as they start reading the Bible, I've always encouraged them, number one, if when you first get saved, read the book of Romans through first. Secondly, follow that up with the book of Hebrews. And when you, when you finish and compare those two books together, because the book of Romans explains salvation by grace. We're all sinners. We need to be saved by the grace of God. Then when you come over into the book of Hebrews, it talks about the priestly reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as his, Him being our high priest, He can do all these things for us. That's the reason we understand we're saved by grace. He did it all. That's what the book of Hebrews is about. And the book of Hebrews is about that Jesus is greater than man. He's greater than angels. He is God. And that's what... So if you compare the book of Romans and you're trying to tell somebody you get saved by the grace of God, you're a sinner. You can't save yourself. You need a sinner. You need a Savior to save a sinner. Amen? And in the book of Hebrews... 
comes along and says that Jesus is the high priest that can take your sins away from you. Then after you studied all that and you want to know how it works and what it's all about, go to the Psalms and just carefully read one Psalm after another. And as you read them, look for one thing, that's Lord Jesus Christ on every page. <clears throat> now, of course, God used men to pin down His Word. And we say all the time that Psalm 23 is one of the greatest psalms of all, and that's the Psalm of David. No, it's not. It's the Psalm of the Great Shepherd. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And every psalm has a prediction of some part of the Lord Jesus Christ's life. In His birth, His death, His betrayal, everything about Him. So if you want to know all about the Lord Jesus Christ, all you have to do is go to Psalms and take it and look at it as portraying the Lord Jesus Christ and study every avenue of His life. And then you get over in the book of uh, the New Testament and you begin to read how He was born and how He was betrayed and how He was crucified and all these things about it and you understand that's not just an ordinary man, that's God in the flesh. And it was betrayed years before it happened in every aspect of the Lord Jesus Christ's life is predict, predicted in uh, the book of Psalms and it tells all about it. So you don't have to go around wondering, is this true or not? Just go back and follow it up. And the Word of God fits right together. Amen. And I love the Word of God and the way it's portrayed and the way it always fits in its order. God has a purpose for everything in it. And it's to teach us about His Savior, the Lord Jesus. Now, I said all that to get to something. When a person dies and goes to hell, he has no excuse in You know why? Because God has showed you plainly, out of His Word, everything that a sinner needs to know about the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so no one has an excuse to come down to the end of their life and say, I didn't have a chance. Oh, yes, you did. God told you everything you needed to know. I like a, a sermon I read one time, and I never will forget it by a man. He said, is there any word from the Lord today? And you know what people are looking for today? They're looking for a sign. They're looking for a wonder. Is it from heaven? Is God showing He's coming? Or is He real? They're looking for a, a, a spaceship. They're looking for something to happen in the sky to prove that there is a God and God says there is a word from God today and here it is. Amen. And everything that you need to know about God and His salvation and the Lord Jesus Christ is recorded in this book and it all in the Old Testament is predicted and in the New Testament is carried out. And so everything that God predicts of His Son is carried out in the New Testament. So there's no excuse. We can know everything we need to know about His Son. <clears throat> and I challenge anybody, all you have to do is read and study the Bible yourself if you know the Lord Jesus Christ is your Savior. Because of this reason, you have the same Holy Spirit that anybody else that's saved has. There's no big I's and little U's in the Lord Jesus Christ. And what happens, see, uh, people want to put the preacher, they want to put a priest, they want to put a priestly order above everybody else and they're going to sit back in their laziness and say, we can't understand it. It has to be given to the priest or the pastor and then he has to explain it to us about it. 
No. Did you know what God called a preacher to do? To preach the Word. That's all. You know what that is? Telling forth the Word of God. That's all He has to do. I used to think that I used to, had to make people believe. And then one day it hit me. I can't make nobody believe. It's only the Holy Spirit can do that. All I can do is tell you the truth. And this is the truth. And, and I, I learned something and I could go to bed and not worry about it anymore. Preach the truth and leave it alone. That's all you have to do. Preach the truth and leave it alone. And people get mad with you. Uh, they don't understand. They think you're getting on to them. When you preach against sin and when you preach against uh, for righteousness, you preach, against, uh, you preach about the Lord Jesus Christ and come into this world to save sinners like me, and they don't understand it. And here's what the Bible says, the natural man understandeth not the things of God. And so when a person comes in unsaved, and they say, I can't understand the Bible. No, you can't. You're blinded. You need to be born again. And the Bible starts off with Jesus in the Psalms showing you that He is our High Priest. He is our Savior. And then He comes over to the New Testament and He gives you all about Him and shows you exactly what the Psalms predicted that would come. Amen? And so what I'm saying is the Word of God is precious. And it fits right together. And I love to read it and study it. Father, would you bless your people today now? We pray in Jesus' name.